This Sunday we have Exodus chapter 40, worship in the temple, the building of the temple, God's directions as to how the temple was to be constructed. Actually, it's a tabernacle at this point. A tabernacle is a tent that's being used as a temple, of course, but the the temple was uh, built according to the same many of the same standards. The main point of our lesson today is that before the fall, Adam and Eve dwelt with God in the Garden of Eden and walked with him in the evening. Remember back in Genesis uh, chapter 3, how God came to, to walk with Adam and Eve. Because of our sin, we can no longer enter into the presence of God as Adam and Eve did to walk with him. But through Jesus Christ, God has provided a way to come to us and dwell among us and walk with us daily. The temple was a symbol of both of what man lost in the Garden of Eden and of the coming Messiah and how he would be Emmanuel, God with us. All of the worship of the Old Testament was, was meant to emphasize these points, that man, because of our sin, cannot come to God, but that God is going to come to us through the Messiah. We cannot enter his holy presence, but by his grace, the holy God comes to dwell with us anyway. These, a lot of the elements of temple worship also remind us of the elements of our own worship and help us to understand the meaning of some of the things that we do in church. Our churches are very different and a lot of what we do there is very different and yet a lot of it is very similar sim symbology and a lot of the uh, symbology that we have in our churches comes even from the Old Testament. The Sunday school lesson uh, this Sunday at first may seem like maybe a relatively boring or unimportant lesson for the children learning how the temple was built, but it's actually a very important opportunity to talk about how we worship and why and to bring the children to understand the parallels between the Old Testament worship and our own. The outer walls of the temple and the curtains of the temple were painted with flowers and was and with plants. The temple was meant to symbolize a return to the Garden of Eden and the safety and prosperity offered to men in the Garden of Eden in God's presence. The temple was God's rest for his people. They came there to rest. That the, the worship uh, was the Sabbath day, the day of rest. And so the, the temple reflected this, that we find our rest in God, that return to the Garden of Eden where things were once perfect. Traditional churches in our day um, are often are meant to symbolize a ship. The temple was meant to symbolize the Garden of Eden. A lot of churches are meant to symbolize ships. Many of the names for churches, parts different parts of the churches even come from the names for different parts of a ship, like the nave. Um, the nave is is the sanctuary and it's the latin word for ship uh if you look up at the ceiling a lot of churches are like an upside down ship and uh, churches are meant to look like and uh, the words for ships are used in them for the same reason because it symbolizes that safety that we have in christ in, a, in the midst of a stormy world being tossed back and forth in the waves of this world christ is our anchor christ is our ship we we live in him and are kept safe from the storms and the waves of the world around us. Inside the temple, the Holy of Holy, of course, was the Ark of the Covenant. The word Ark means a box that was meant to keep something safe. And so you have the Ark, Noah's Ark, which was meant to keep Noah and his family and the animals safe. And here we have the Ark of the Covenant in which God's promises were stored 
for the people. The Ark of the Covenant represented God's presence among his people, actually right above the Ark, the mercy seat is where God dwelt. However, the people could not enter the Holy of Holies where the Ark of the Covenant was because of their sin. And there was a very thick veil between the Ark of the Covenant, the Holy of Holies, and where the people could come. That veil separated the people from God because of their sin. The cross and the flames on the candles in the front of our churches are a similar picture of God's presence among us, but we are not separated from them by a curtain as the Israelites were. In Jesus's death, the way to God is opened. When Jesus died, that veil in the temple was torn in two, showing the way to God was now opened through Jesus Christ. It is this Ark of the Covenant. Covenant means promise, right? So it's, it's a box that keeps the promises of God and was a constant reminder to God's people of his promise. What promise, you can ask the kids, what promises do we likewise receive through the cross of Christ? What promises did that ark hold and hold out to the people? And what promises does God hold out to us when we come into church and we see the cross and the candles there in the front of the church? Uh, in front of the temple building, so you have the outer walls, uh, you had the building, the holy place and the holy of holies, and right in front of that building was a bronze altar. No one could enter into God's presence without first offering sacrifices for their sin. That's what the altar was for. The wages of sin is death. Blood is the symbol of death. Everyone who entered the presence of God had to first make payment for their sins and be cleansed by God. We also have an altar at the front of our church to remind us the payment that is needed for our sins. However, we no longer offer animal sacrifices on it because Christ offered the per perfect sacrifice once for all. So the altar is there to remind us of the sacrifice that was necessary for our sin and that the way to God is only through sacrifice, but not the sacrifice of animals anymore, but the sacrifice of Christ paid the price for our sins. We don't do this at our church, but many churches also leave the baptismal font at the entrance to the church. So right when you walk into the church, the baptismal font is right there to remind people that it is through our baptism that we become the, the children of God, that we enter into the church of God through our baptism. The baptism is the sacrament which brings us in as the people of God. The priests were to be anointed uh, before they entered the presence of God. They were to be anointed with oil. This anointing of oil was a picture that they were chosen by God and also that they were washed from their sins. Likewise, only those who were circumcised could enter into the temple at all uh, because only those who were circumcised were the people of God. So we have also been anointed, not with oil, but again with baptism. And we have not been circumcised, but we have received baptism is, is the thing that makes us the people of God. The lampstand inside the temple was a representation of the tree of life, which had been growing in the Garden of Eden. The lampstand was also a representation of the Holy Spirit. And those two things go together, of course, because as Jesus said, it is the Spirit who gives life. And so very often in the New Testament, the Holy Spirit is associated with that lampstand that was standing in the temple. This is especially true in the book of Revelation where the the spirit the seven spirits which are before god right and there's other references there that 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 connects that holy spirit with that lampstand it is the spirit who gives life the life that we lost when we were cast out of the garden of eden the life that that tree of life gave us uh, that now is given through the holy spirit and of course is received through the lord's supper so we no longer have that 
that candelabra, that lampstand in front of church, but we come to the front of the church to receive the Lord's Supper, his very body and blood, which also are a reminder of the tree of life and the life that God gives us through that. Incense. Uh, the incense represented the prayers of the people ascending to the throne of God. So you burn incense, you can you can see that incense going up, and it was a, a visual representation of, of the prayers of God's people being accepted by God. Some churches still use incense in their worship, especially the uh, Eastern churches. We don't in our church, but many still do, again, as a reminder, as a visual symbol of the prayers of the saints going up to God and God being delighted in accepting those prayers, not because they're such perfectly worded prayers, but through faith in Jesus, they are a pleasing aroma to him. We remember after the flood, Noah offered the sacrifices to God and God said it was a pleasing aroma. Of course, burning animals wouldn't normally say it's a, a pleasing aroma, but it was a pleasing aroma to God because it was Noah's prayer of thanksgiving to him. And so the, the saints of his, of his people are pleasing to God through faith. We don't have, like I said, we don't have incense in our church, but we do have the visual representation of the pastor. The pastor, whenever he faces the altar, is talking to God on behalf of the people. And so the prayers of the saints are going to God in that turning of the pastor towards the altar. The robes, the priests were supposed to wear special robes, and those robes symbolized that they were chosen by God to speak on his behalf. They symbolized the priest's authority and the priest's office as the spokesman for God and the spokesman from the people to God. Our pastors also usually wear robes, and again, they have that same symbolization that the pastor is God's representative. The robe is a symbol of the pastor's office and authority. The robe covers the pastor as it did the priest because the authority does not come from the pastor but is given to him by God. The man under the robe is not what's important. What, what is important is the message that comes from God and the authority that God gives to that person regardless of the fact that the man under the robe is a sinner. The, the authority still comes from God no matter how badly we as sinners you know, mess up and, and don't do always what we should do. The door, uh, the door to the temple, uh, the door or gate to the temple opened to the east. The way to the Garden of Eden was also to the east, thus this also was meant to make the, symbol, the temple symbolize that Garden of Eden. Once again, going back to that, the temple is the place of rest and safety in God. The priest came out of that door to speak for God to the people. Since man could no longer enter the Garden of Eden, God had to, has to come out to us. In many churches, the pulpit is often elevated. Now that is for a practical reason. Years ago, before they had mic systems, elevating the, the pulpit helped the message to get out to the whole church, right? It helped to carry the, the pastor's voice, but it also can be a symbol of the fact that God is coming down to us. So also, just as the pastor faces the altar because he's talking from the people to God, when he turns around and he's facing the people, it's God's message coming from God to us through the pastor. It's a symbol of God coming 
to speak to his people just as a priest came out of that eastern door so we are not right now we can't enter the garden of eden we have been the angel the flame the angel and the flaming sword sword sorry stopped adam and eve from going back to that garden we also cannot enter into the garden of eden back to that paradise of god yet we will one day but in the meantime god comes out to us coming out of that east door coming uh, to us through the pastor a lot of really good um things to talk about there with the kids i am sure even the youngest kids will uh, have fun discussing some of those different aspects of what they've seen in worship service and how that relates to the temple and, and what it means the lord's blessings on your sunday school lesson